1: Hey, Nicole. Hey,
0: Janine.
1: How's your week been?
0: It's been busy. You know, this was a K regional conference for South Central region, which is the region that I'm in, which is basically from New Mexico all the way over to Mississippi. And then, of course, Texas, Arkansas, and then the states between. So we were host chapter for regional. So all of the Houston metropolitan area chapters were host. So um, this was a very busy, busy, busy last few days. But thank God it's over. Let me tell you something. When you're hosting, it doesn't matter if it's like sorority or if it's an organization or whatever it is, if you're hosting anything, which Janine, you host events for a living. Just imagine if you have a whole bunch of different people coming together to fund and host things. One, you have a whole bunch of different people leading things with completely different visions. And then two, you have a whole bunch of perfectionists that want things a certain way because we're AKAs all doing things. And so when you are having to play, oh, I'm going to register people and I'm going to run logistics, but I'm also going to be the dancing performer in the welcome. (laughs) You're like running around like a chick with your head cut off. Like, okay, I'm going to go change in my car now so that I can go and do this dance. And then I'm going to change back into business attire. And oh, I forgot my stockings. So girl, yeah, it's been like a, a goat rope the last few days, but yeah. That is over. That is over. And I love AKA, but I am very glad that I won't be a host, uh, at least part of a host chapter for another couple of years, at least, unless I go to another random chapter if I move or something. But uh, yeah, I don't want to do that. Just saying. Well, I'm glad
1: that you made it. And like you said, I do host events for a living.
0: I think that's kind of why I have a
1: little bit of a takeover spirit, because sometimes... When there are too many cooks in the kitchen, it just becomes way too confusing. So I would rather just be like, look, I will take the lead and then we can figure all the rest of the details out from there. Because what you don't want to have happen is when there are too many cooks in the kitchen and nobody's actually working and getting anything done. Then you get frustrated and things just become a little stagnant. So yeah, that's I think that's where my takeover spirit came from. But I I'm glad that you made it through. And I think that, well, I'm sure that it went well. You didn't didn't have any issues. So, you know, maybe you'll move and host again next year, even though I'm sure that's probably not what you really want to do.
0: I'll say this. So usually when you are hosting something or traditionally with other organizations, I'll say when you're hosting something, everybody's paying a registration fee, but usually you're working. So you're getting in free, right? Like, it's your event, you're going to get in free and you're going to be working at the event. No, 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 sweetie. Not only are we registering for the event full price, but we also, if you're a part of the host chapters, you're paying an extra assessment. So you're paying double to host. That's how That's how, That's how. how it works around here. So you're paying double to host, which to me is like, now that I'm thinking about it, now that I'm older, I'm like, how is that right? Like, how is, how does that work? Like, I don't even get to enjoy the conference, but I'm paying extra money to actually, because I'm a part of the host chapter. And then I got to pay full registration too, and not be able to actually enjoy it. Cause I'm working behind a registration booth or I'm, you know, dancing and having to get up in the middle of a session or I'm changing clothes outside, stuffing bags. And you know, it's da- it's like sort of kind of backwards. I'm just saying. Yeah, that does
1: sound a little backwards. It's almost like what they say the the reward for hard work is more work, but in this case it's the reward for hard work is paying extra. That seems a little crazy to me. It's always very interesting. It's always super interesting to me what you all do. Like I was having a a conversation with one of my uh team members this week and she's one of your sorors and she was like, "Yeah, you know, we're doing this and this and this." And I'm like, "That sounds like just a lot of work to be. And here's the thing. I don't think that the, the organization itself is a lot of work. I just think that like an amalgamation of all those personalities that are so strong. It's just hard. And then you have to pay extra money. Yeah, Nicole, I don't know about this. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about all that.
0: Well, I have a strong love for AKA and it's about service. To all mankind, and if we have to pay a little bit extra to make sure we have all the prettiness, then of course we will do it. I haven't even posted pictures yet from the conference, but y'all, your girl was fly, okay? Your girl was fly, and, and pink and green. Yes, I was. All this weight I didn't gain, this baby weight I still haven't got off. I still look good. Listen, I put that baby weight in a spank, and I looked good doing it. Just saying, I'm just saying.
1: You're hilarious. I'm sure that you looked great, but you and this baby weight in a spank, like, ugh, bye, Nicole. Goodbye, please. People wish that
0: they could put their weight in the spank. I feel like everyone has to embrace their bodies in whatever size they are. And I embrace mine, all of mine. Would I like to be a little bit thinner? Of course, But right now, I'm big and beautiful, baby. I'm embracing this thickness, okay? I'm embracing it, huh? And I feel like everybody, just embrace whatever size you are. Yes, work to improve yourself, but embrace whatever size you are. If you are big, bad, and fabulous, you go ahead, girl. If you slim, thick, go ahead, skinny mini. I ain't mad at you. Just put some stuff on that flatter shoe. You know, and I do believe that even skinny people should wear a spank. I'm that person that that I feel like you should not be jiggling when you walk. That's me. okay. so even if I were like super tight and toned, I would probably still have a spank just in case I had a little bitty jiggle because I don't feel like everything should be, you know, doing the wobble when you walk. walk. No, no, control that.
1: Yeah, I feel like people who allow themselves to wobble when you walk, as you put it, I feel like they do that intentionally because they know it's going to get attention. That's just me. I'm here for a good base layer all the time. You don't have to wear spanks necessarily because we ain't getting paid by them. So it doesn't have to be spanks, but put yourself on a good base layer so that you are not out here showing every dimple and pimple that your body has. Or if that's your thing and you want to show them off, feel free. But I would suggest for for me and my household, put a good base layer on, smooth everything on out. You know who's really, really good at that? Tamala Mann. She stays with a really good base layer. You don't ever see her, no matter what size she's been, you don't ever see anything jiggling and wiggling on her. She's good at the base layer game. So if you don't know what we're talking about, go check out Tamala Mann. She's been real big and she's much more lean now, but she keeps a good base layer. I will say that she does keep a very good base layer.
0: Oh yeah. She, listen, she don't have a roll. She don't have, n- I mean, when I say smooth, smooth, smooth curves, she be smooth. What does she wear? What kind of shapewear does she wear? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Because sometimes even if you don't have the right shapewear on, you can still see some of the Creases and crevices. You can't. It's not bad, but you can still see it. But Tamla, man, you are right. She has perfected that game. She is. I don't know what she wearing, but baby, you can't see a crease, a panty line, a roll, nothing, a bra line, nothing. You can't see nothing.
1: Let me tell you, I would like to have a conversation with her. That would be the first question I ask. Girl, what do you, what is your base layer? Because I just need to know because whatever it is that you're doing, I need to do that too.
0: So Janine, what did you do this week?
1: I worked like a Hebrew slave. I did. I literally <laughs> worked like a Hebrew slave. T- so much so to the point where now I feel like I've injured my hip in some way shape or form. Well, I know that it's injured. I just have some really weird hip issue like I'm 90. But like I really worked hard this week. Like you know how you have those weeks and I'm sure you know, Nicole, cuz you're always on call. But you know how you have those weeks where you just feel like I just got to get to a certain point and then I can be okay. But before you get to that point, you feel like day by day, you don't know whether you're going to make it or not. Those like two, three hours a night sleep nights. I've been having a lot of those recently, but I made it. I made it through yesterday and now I'm like, (sighs) like I can breathe deep and then I can take off tomorrow so I can recover and then start, start the rat race all over again.
0: You know, without putting too much of Janine's business out on the street, Janine will work herself to death, okay? She will work herself to death, and then she's exhausted, and she doesn't take good care of herself. So when she gets sick, she allows herself to get to the utmost sickness before she will listen to anybody, go and do anything. She is a doctor's worst patient. Okay. That's what need. is. That's all I'm going to say without putting too much of a business out there. That's all I'm going to say. I'm glad that you're taking the time to recover tomorrow. Okay. I'm glad you're taking time off because realistically for a minute there, I was like, do we even need to record the podcast today? Like we can probably record another day this week because i know that you've been struggling a little bit this weekend but janine does not know how to limit herself and she doesn't know how to say no and she doesn't know how to sit down which drives everyone that cares about her a crazy i'm getting better let me tell you this I, in
1: my defense i have been doing this for so long i'm not saying that it's a good habit but i've been doing this for so long that my threshold of pain By the time I get to the point where I realize that I need to seek help, I'm already well past the point where I should have sought help. So I'm trying to, like, reconnect with my body so that I can understand when something minimal is wrong. So Nicole is correct. I'm probably the doctor's worst nightmare because I usually don't show up until it's severe. It's severe. So I think that we've already shared that Janine has some gastrointestinal issues on this podcast. But if we haven't, now you all know Janine has some gastrointestinal issues, right? So earlier this week, in the middle of all of my working, I do not recall, but apparently my husband, Ken, our producer, had a conversation with Nicole and they determined that there's something wrong and I need to go see a doctor, which I have an appointment a week from tomorrow. So I did do my, my part. Um, it's, I, do, I do have an appointment to call. I have an appointment, I promise. It's on the 28th. So I did, I did get to that point. Did I actually handle the issues as they are, go to the emergency? No, because I hate the emergency room and I felt like I could make it, which I, I did. I made it almost a week. Um, but in this process, I also have injured my hip. So I, what, how do I describe this? I think that I should describe it in this manner. Initially, it became like a dull pain, right? Then it just got progressively worse to the point where I went to dinner last night with my husband, and I literally was in tears because I could not sit down evenly without my left hip hurting. So all of these things will be addressed at my doctor's appointment next week. I promise so that I can get all of the people who love me so dearly off of my back because they have been on my back a lot recently. My fault, but they've been on my back. So, yes, Nicole is right.
0: Okay, I'm going to say my two cents, and we're going to move on from this because I don't want to send your business. But did y'all hear how she hurt her hip, but she still went out to dinner? She got GI problems, but she still was out to dinner. You know, uh, yeah. And she thinks she's gotten— Hold on. She thinks that she's gotten better. But you haven't. I'm I'm here to tell you, even over the the time that we've been on this podcast, you have not gotten better. I would actually argue that you've progressively gotten worse. It's almost like we're going backwards. Yeah, you got the flu shot, but then you go and do some other crazy stuff. Dealing with dealing with the booster. So, I mean, listen, it, you are getting worse, okay, friend? I'm your friend. I love you, so I can say that. And then, Janine, when she's sick, she don't answer the phone. You almost have to call her husband to figure out what's going on with her because she doesn't answer the phone because she knows what you're going to say. She's avoiding.
1: It's because I don't want to lie to you. So, I don't answer. You are absolutely correct. I will not answer the phone when I'm sick because I feel like I, there are four people that I know If I am sick, if I answer the phone, you all are going to ask me how I'm doing, and then I'm going to have to either be honest and hear your mouth or lie and not hear your mouth. So it's better to just not answer the phone because that way that I don't have to do either. But I'm getting better. I actually made doctor's appointments this year. I've actually gone to doctor's appointments this year and listened to what they had to say, received test results back things like that. I'm doing, I'm making an actual effort before I would just wait until whenever and whatever happens. And then whoop, there you go. So I'm doing better. I'm going to go to the Dr. Nicole. I promise. I just don't like the emergency room, urgent care or anything of the sort, unless I physically don't feel like I can actually make it another moment.
0: That's it. Okay. That's fine. If you, if you are stable enough to avoid the ER and go to your appointment on three 22 that I just put in my phone, that's fine. <laughs> but if you get worse, then you need to go in. I've at least
1: modified my diet. Nicole, are you proud of me for modifying my diet to not eat things that are
0: going to irritate my stomach? I'm going to tell you what my mama told me. I'm not going to reward you for stuff you're supposed to be doing.
1: <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's fair.
0: Hmm. All right, Janine. We are going to move on from this uh, because next week I am literally—you know—that'll be a, a day before you're supposed to go. That's going to be when we record the podcast again. So I'll be asking you and reminding you, hey, don't forget—you have an appointment tomorrow on 328-22. twenty-eight twenty-two. I'm not going to forget. Okay. At one o'clock, just
1: for for you and everyone else. It's at one o'clock. So at one o'clock, you okay? I will be in the doctor's
0: office. One p.m. Eastern. That's noon Central. There you go. All right. There you go. Listen, and I listen, that's around lunch break time. I'll be free to call. All right, Janine. So um, what's on your timeline this week? Hair. Hair
1: is on our timeline this week, Nicole. So, as you know, hair has always been a significant part of black culture and like a part of our cultural identity. And specifically as black women, it's a thing for us, right? So our hair identity. Can be traced back to like pre colonial times where we wore varying hairstyles for both who we were, what our status was in society, and for occasions. So if you were royalty or you were even waiting on your husband, your hairstyle would indicate that back in pre colonial times. A person's identity was pretty much determined by what their hairstyle was. So Lori Tharps, who is actually a journalism professor at my alma mater, Temple University, and co-author of Hair Story, Untangling the Roots of Black Hair, she basically said that a person could tell who they were by simply looking at their hairstyle. So back then, our hair indicated everything from the tribe that we belong to, to our status in life. and Hair was really celebrated back then. Now, when we became enslaved and were brought over to the United States, our hair became villainized. So our hair, because of the texture of it and the size of our hair and the look of our hair, started taking on a negative stigma. So while the majority perpetuated this negative stereotype about our hair, our hair was often used to help us actually escape and survived back then. So patterns were often braided into our hair and used as a roadmap for slaves to escape from their slave owners. And oftentimes mothers would braid rice into little girl's hair so that they could actually use the rice and eat the rice on the road as they escaped. So the very thing that the majority looked down on was the very thing that helped us escape them But physical freedom did not bring hair freedom for us. So the negative stigma associated with our natural hair continued. And it still continues to this day. Though our black hairstyles became part of the liberation movement in like the 50s and the 60s, our natural hairstyles still weren't considered to be socially acceptable. Even though we went through this whole like black is beautiful movement and we went through the Angela Davis era, our hair still wasn't considered to be acceptable. Our hairs continued to be deemed inferior, ugly, unkept, unruly, unprofessional. And so we started doing things to modify our natural state of our hair. So we use hot combs, we use live relaxers, and then we had, you know, a number of variations of things to straighten our hair. But those things also caused damage to our hair. They did things like slow growth, um, they would cause some scalp damage, and even often sometimes permanent hair loss. We also often wore wigs to make our hair look more acceptable or to cover up the natural state of our hair. The mainstream culture basically forced us to feel like we had to assimilate to what their beauty standards were. And subsequently, we started presenting ourselves in what was considered to be a more acceptable manner which really meant presenting our hair in a more straight, tame manner than what it naturally grew from our head as. In the 20th century, some more tamed natural hairstyles became more widely acceptable, like cornrows, twists, and braids. It's often associated with the rise of hip-hop as well. So when hip-hop became a thing, our natural hair became more acceptable, but still only very tamed natural hairstyles. But while it was more acceptable, it still was not considered the favorable way to present ourselves. Things like weaves, wigs, and lace fronts still seemed to be the standard of beauty for African-American women. As the 21st century emerged, natural hair became more acceptable. While some Black women still continued to straighten their hair, some even cut it, others, you know, still wear extensions, wigs, lace fronts most women started focusing on the health of their hair and realized that pulling of hair in terms of braiding it down for a weave, covering it up for a wig, or even straightening it chemically was damaging the natural state of the hair. It was often doing irreparable damage. So you could not get your hair to return to its natural state, even if you cut it, because sometimes there was permanent hair loss. So in the 21st century, very recently, women started being very cognizant about making sure that their hair was natural. And, you know, we started getting the rise of what we consider now protective styles or simply just wearing their natural hair as it is. And this happened while being criticized. It was also being culturally idolized by the majority. So, A lot of people are saying that as we became more natural with our hair and started being more creative with our hairstyles, there was a lot of cultural appropriation with that as well. So, Nicole, one of the things that I didn't know, but you might have known, is that there are 36 states that currently allow discrimination against a person because of their hair. Not because of necessarily the style, but because of the texture or how unkept it is but unkept is really interesting because unkept doesn't mean I washed my hair threw it up in a bun and didn't actually brush it like some people in the majority do unkept refers to the inability to quote tame the texture of someone's hair or how large it is so it really just applies to us as black people which I digress So this week, huge on our timeline, the House passed the Crown Act. And the Crown Act stands for creating a respectful and open world for natural hair. And the act prohibits discrimination based on an individual's texture or style of hair, despite being referred to as the Bad Hair Act and receiving pushback from the Republicans Because they felt there were things that were more important to worry about. The act that was introduced by Representative Bonnie Watson Coleman was passed in a vote of 235 to 189, which let's think about there are 189 people in the House that didn't think this was a good idea. But I digress. So this means that if it's enacted by the Senate and signed by President Biden, which the administration has said that they support this bill. Once it's signed, the bill will prohibit discrimination nationwide based on an individuals' texture or style of hair. So this is major. This is a major stride for black people, specifically black women, because for decades, schools and workplaces alike have maintained these interesting rules about grooming standards, and they're often very discriminatory against natural hair texture and they essentially deem our hair texture unkept. So if this passes, the rules will be deemed illegal. I believe that this will be a huge game changer for Black women specifically. What do you
0: think, Nicole? I think that this is a huge game changer. Um, I think it's interesting that the Crown Act, of course, passed through the House on the party line, though, okay, with Democrats really for this and Republicans really against this. So it'll be very interesting what happens when it goes to the Senate. If it passes the Senate, you're right, it will be a game changer. People are going to be treading real light when they say something about, can I touch your hair? No, I will sue you. Do not touch my hair, okay? I can literally sue you now. So, um, you know, the Republicans are arguing. I hate how every everything has been politicized. That's that's the thing I hate, Janine. Like, you know, right is right and wrong is wrong, but because you think that my people are the people that are probably going to be discriminating because they own the businesses, they are the people that are in leadership and they're the people that are going to slip up and say some silly stuff that's going to get them sued. So to protect them, I'm going to say, oh no, we don't support that because, and their excuse is, well, that's already covered in anti-discrimination policies, right? Right. But if it was already covered, it wouldn't still be happening with no repercussions. So you know it's not already covered, okay? And even if it does lend to interpretation as being already covered, the fact that you can interpret it one way and somebody can interpret it another means that we need a law there. But yes, I agree, Janine. It will be a, jam- a game changer if it passes through the Senate. But, you know, the Senate uh, it makes me a little nervous, okay? They don't look as blue as the house. So I'm real, real nervous about that. Um, and and because it is definitely a more politicized issue and not a, hey, this is wrong. So we're going to all agree that it's wrong to discriminate because of somebody's hair texture. We're going to vote against this. So, I mean, there are plenty, there are some states that uh, already have state laws in place, but um It's a shame that we even have to have such a law. I'll say that.
1: I agree. It reminds me, actually, when I was at my friend Jenny's wedding, you know, of course, when you walk into a place and there are not really that many Black women, the Black women kind of gravitate to one another. So this lady, she came up to me and she was like, and I'm not saying her name. I do remember it, but I'm not saying her name because I did not ask her permission to have this conversation. So Basically, she came up to me and she was like, oh, my God, I love your hair. I loved her braids. She had braids in and they had a tint of purple. Right. And you would have had to really look at her hair like really up close to see that her braids were purple. She worked at insurance and basically she said that she was going to take her braids out before she went back to work. So I'm like, you got your hair braided. It looks gorgeous. I mean, it was beautiful. Her braids were gorgeous. But she was going to take it out before she went back to work because she wasn't sure how the people at her job would take it. And I was like, girl, test it. Test the waters. Because what are they going to do? And she happened to live in a state that has already passed the Crown Act. So she should be fine. But I was like, test it. I mean, they look gorgeous. And why waste your money taking the braids out, figuring out what else to do with your hair when you can just wear your hair the way that you want to wear it? Because guess what? They do. Uh Uh-uh, girl. Keep your braids. It's hard trying to figure out what to do with your hair. Like, that's part of the reason why I locked my hair to begin with is because I got tired of trying to figure out what I was going to do next. Am I going to shave the side of the other side of my hair? Am I going to grow this hair out? Am I going to put a weave in it? Am I going to get braids? Am I going to do this? Like, even since we've been doing this podcast, I think I've had, what, six, seven different hairstyles, shaved it, then let the side grow out, then wore a hat while I tried to figure it out for a second or like wore my head wrapped up. Then I got braids. Then I shaved the side again and tried to figure that out. Then I was like, okay, well, let me grow this out. Then I had twists. I mean, it literally was just one thing after the other. And as opposed to going through all of those hoops, why not just do something that works for your natural hair? So that's what I did. But everyone doesn't have that luxury, unfortunately. And this crown act will give everyone the luxury to do with their hair, what they please. If we want to walk around here looking like Jay-Z, we should be permitted to do so.
0: So I can't believe you said that. (laughs) Jay-Z definitely embraced the, I got money now, so you can't tell me nothing look, because he's doing some very interesting things with his hair. But you know what? It's his prerogative. He can do what he wants to do with his hair. And that's the whole point of the Crown Act, saying you can't judge me or limit me because of my hair. And you cannot put a standard on what you think is professional versus what I think is professional, especially if I am well-groomed. You can't say anything. I'm clean. I'm not causing, uh, disrupting, causing a smell. I'm not transmitting infection because of my hair. Just saying. Um, so yeah, Jay-Z has embraced that girl. Mm-hmm.
1: It's not uncommon for us to see a Caucasian woman get out of the shower, throw her hair up into a messy bun. That's, you know, that's a style. A messy bun is a style now. Right. And just walk out of the house without really actually doing any sort of grooming to their, to her hair. But for us, if we walk out of the house with our hair done, it's still considered unkept. Like it baffles me. The majority can have infestations of lice, but yet our hair is deemed dirty. I don't get that. Like, what would make our hair dirty, though? Help help me understand.
0: Well, my thing is, if our hair is like, literally like there's a smell or an odor, then, okay, that's dirty, okay? That's sort of nasty. If we have like flies around our hair or something, okay, that's that's nasty. Okay, if you see bed bugs coming out of somebody's hair, which I've seen before, that is that's nasty. But again, to me... Having wet hair at work is not that's not that's not cool either um so I feel like we all have to get on the same page because I can't come to my to to work with my hair wet if you don't wear your hair wet at least put it neatly in a bun, and I don't care if you white yellow black green that's not you know, that's not cool. I know people, I work with people that do that. Like they look like they have just come straight out of the shower. That's not professional. I don't care what people say. That's not professional. That's the wet dog look. Don't do that. It's actually amusing because they
1: think about our hair being so unkept, unprofessional, and so quote unquote dirty, but yet they still want to get braids. When they go on vacation, what do they come back with? Cornrows. If they want to have a style for like a red carpet, where do they get these hairstyles from? It's the weirdest thing. Like there was a, a random TikTok going around where this random young Caucasian girl, she was like, I created this new style and it's called sticky bangs. And it literally was her just smoothing down her edges, something that we've been doing for years. But it's the weirdest thing because they then emulate what it is that we do but they think it's so wrong. So I don't get it. I don't understand.
0: Listen, you won't ever understand. That's just what that's been happening since the beginning of time is that things have been done in African-American culture that has then been, let me be frank, stolen. And it's been called, you know, the newest fad, you know, whether that's, even even what we have is like the newest fad. I mean, people are wearing hair extensions now because that's the newest thing, right? Like black women have been wearing hair extensions and now Caucasian women and Indian women and every ethnicity of woman is wearing hair extensions, okay? Black women in twists and braids. Now you have other people that are wearing twists and braids. And no knock, I... I consider it a compliment, you know, it's a compliment, but at least acknowledge where you got it from. I'm just saying.
1: I agree. Acknowledge where you got it from and acknowledge that the thing that you are using from our culture, you cannot then turn it around and make it villainize it when we do it. Cause you're emulating it for a reason. That's all I'm saying.
0: That part. You ready to talk through some of these scenarios, Janine? Let's do it. All right. So our first letter is from Kiana and she says, Nicole and Janine, I'm a corporate attorney for a large Chicago firm. I had dreads in law school and really didn't have an issue with them. However, once I started working in the real world, quote unquote, my mentor, who was another Black woman, advised me to quote, play the game, end quote, and get rid of my dreads. She said some of the other partners mentioned that my hair was unique, which really is code for um, unprofessional or unacceptable. So since I trust her judgment, I made a big chop and got rid of my dreads and started wearing hair extensions for the last year. I've received several compliments and even a promotion, but I'm not sure if my appearance was the reason. With the recent passage of the Crown Act in my state, I'm starting to dread getting rid of my dreads. No pun intended. Did I get bad advice from my mentor? What should I do about my hair now? Thanks for helping me talk through this, Kiana.
1: Okay, Kiana. Yes, I feel like you got bad advice from your mentor. I'm assuming, did it say that the mentor was a Black woman? Yes. Okay, so let me tell you this. Oftentimes, I've noticed in professional environments, that it's not so much that the majority cares about what your hair looks like, but more so that your fellow Black women care about how the Black women in your organization are perceived in general, right? So she could have been saying that because that's how she felt, not necessarily about your hair, but she just didn't want anything to negatively reflect on the Black women at your firm, right? Right. But I'm going to say she gave you bad advice because, look, soon to be justice, Ketanji Brown Jackson has locks and they're very well maintained and very well kept. And you can't get higher than the position that she's been nominated for. So, yes, she did give you bad advice. I don't know when she gave you this advice, but now, yes, I can say that it was bad advice. Right. It might have been a bit self-serving. It might have been, you know, something to make her feel more comfortable. Or it could have actually been something that people were talking about at your firm. But, yeah, it was bad advice. So let me say this. If you don't know what to do with your hair right now, you can get your locks back. If you saved them, they can actually crochet your locks back onto your natural hair. So if you saved your locks, girl, go get them reattached. Go get those locks reattached and go back on about your lock journey. Okay? No need to figure out what to do with your hair because let me tell you, someone that has locks right now, it's the freedom of your time to get back the 30 minutes to an hour that you would be focused on what to do with your hair every morning. Girl, if you don't go get your locks reattached and go be a great attorney and if somebody comes and says something to you, refer them to the fact that soon-to-be-justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson has locks, they can get over themselves and how your hair is making them feel. Because last I checked, your hair is not supposed to make other people feel comfortable. It's about what you like and how you feel most comfortable. What do you think, Nicole?
0: So I agree with some of what you said, Joni, but I will say, you know, future Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson is not the rule. She's the exception. Just like Obama being president is not the rule. He's the exception. And I say that because just because we have these examples of black excellence, and I'm not saying she's not, Kiana, I'm not saying you're not excellent, but just because you have these examples of black excellence doesn't mean that Racism no longer exists or now that they have these offices, we can do everything and we can we can wear our dreads proud and no one will say anything because we know that that's not true. OK, we know that that's not true. We know that racism in America still does exist and we know that we have to some kind sometimes play the game depending on what our setting is and what our role is in the game. OK, now. I don't know if you got bad advice or not. But what I can say is sometimes that type of advice is warranted. And advice is just that. It's advice, somebody's opinion, and it's up to you to make your own decision. Just like we're helping you talk through this, you're going to hear the pros and the cons. At the end of the day, it's going to fall back on you, because I can tell you what I think is best, and Janine can tell you what she thinks is best, and your mentor can tell you what she thinks is best. But at the end of the day, it's about what's best for you, and you have to decipher through all that stuff and say, I respect these people, but this is what my decision is, and I'm gonna stand by my decision because I've thought through it and I've ga- gathered enough data to support how I feel, okay. Now, your mentor, she's probably old school. She's an attorney. She's a partner. She's probably one of the only black partners at the firm. She's probably the reason you got hired. So I'm not going to say that she gave you bad advice because she's probably trying to put you on. And she hears people talking about your hair and things like that. And she says, you know what? I don't want the attention of my mentee to be on her hair. I want them to see her who she is. And sometimes your mentor's right. We do have to play this little game until we get further up. So for me being in medicine, I played these games. You know, I wasn't switching my hair up much, right? Cause I wanted my hair to look real. I wanted my hair to, you know, I wanted no one to pay attention to oh, your hair is this, week, this way this week and next week it's another, what, what did you do? Oh my God, did you grow hair? You know, cause Caucasian people ask silly stuff like that. Like, no, my head didn't grow like a whole foot overnight. Like, <laughs> this is not hair. So you don't have to keep on explaining that. So I wore my hair a, a particular type of way when I was in medicine because I didn't want the focus to be on my hair. It's also the same reason I didn't get dolled up every time I went somewhere. I didn't want the focus to be, on my appearance. I wanted the focus to be on the strength of me. Now, now that I'm out of school and I've moved up a little bit, I can do whatever I want to do. If I want to wear braids one day, I can do that. If I want to wear a a bonnet and a scrub hat on on top of that mug, I can do that. If I want to come in there with a wig, I can do that because now I've, I've, gain status. Okay. And so that's probably what your mentor was trying to do. You know, you got a promotion under your belt. People know, Hey, you can talk the talk and walk the walk. And so if you feel confident in your skin now, then do what you want to do. But notice that you didn't have to take the advice of your mentor. She's probably trying to help you navigate that thing so that you won't, get the headaches of somebody saying much for you. Now, I will say sometimes as mentors, we may overstep. Okay. That's one reason that I don't mentor many people because I try to make them do what I want them to do. Right. You know, I told one girl I mentored who is now a doctor now. So, hey, But either way, I told her, I said, you don't need to sleep over at 6 a.m. ever. You need to be up at 5. You need to be up at 5. You need to do this. You need to do that. You want to go into medicine, you got to be focused. You got to do these things. But I was telling her that because I looked at her and I saw the areas she was struggling in. But coming to find out, she does much better studying at night. I wasn't a night studier, but I was trying to project onto her the things that I wish I could have accomplished better So that she could get further than I got in the time that I had. So I think sometimes as mentors, it's almost like being a parent. You know, you want the best for your child. Okay. Even now, if I walk out of that house without makeup on, my mom will say, you're not gonna put any makeup on? Or if I'm wearing a certain thing, she'll say, oh, where are you going with that? Like, let me, let me help you. Are you gonna wear your hair like that? Let me, let me give you some suggestions because they want you to look and embody perfection, but you can do that regardless of what kind of hair you have, but you got to be confident in doing it. And you got to be confident in your skin and you got to realize that when things are different, people can feel uncomfortable, but that's not your problem. That's their problem. That's a personal problem if they're feeling uncom- uncomfortable. So what I would say here is don't hold a grudge against your mentor, okay? Because they, they probably did mean best. mean they, they meant best the best for you, okay? But know that you're in a different time than she is. And now that you've gotten your footing, now it's up to you to make a decision. And if you say, you know, this these protective styles aren't for me, these extensions, I don't want to wear them. I want to go back to my dreads. Go back to your dreads. Nobody stop you from going back to your dreads. Go back to your dreads. Do what you need to do. You know, Johnny's talking about how quick it is. Let me tell you, I do not have dreads. I have very thick and long natural hair but I will slap a wig on in a hot second. And right now I have extensions and I usually wear my hair curly. So if you've seen me on Instagram, you know that my signature look is curly, okay? But now I have this like long body wave. And the thing about me is I usually do what's quickest. I've done the natural thing, uh, you know, no relaxing for years. And y'all, the twist out just not for me. Y'all, y- y'all too many products, too expensive. It takes too long. And my hair is not you know, this like thin silky stuff. I got that kink, okay? You got to work with my hair. So for me, it took a lot of time combing my hair out every time I washed it as well as, you know, twisting my hair up and then taking the twist down without making it too frizzy. That was a a lot for me. That's not my ministry, okay? But if I can do a curly sew-in and just spray my hair and brush it and I'm out in five minutes, well, that's what I'm going to do. Or if I do, even if I do body wave. Some people curl their hair every day, I don't. I put my hair up in this like, it's like a flexi rod band, headband. And I just twist my hair around that sucker and I pull that thing out and wave my, run my fingers through and I'm out. So for me, I do what's easiest for me, what's convenient and what will also make me look how I want to look, okay? But you guys have to figure out how you want to look and what you want to be, uh, how you want to represent yourself. So Kiana... Do whatever you'd want to do that makes you feel comfortable, but don't go and get your locks and then feel timid in your locks. Like, oh, self-conscious. Don't do that. Okay. Cause you need to be confident in whatever you're putting out there. So Johnny, what's your letter?
1: So we have another letter from someone who works at a law firm. This is actually pretty interesting because it really sounds like the law firms are really putting a lot of pressure on black women, but I'm not going to say that because I've never worked at a law firm, but this one says Hi, ladies. I've been struggling with the idea of returning to work after working from home for two and a half years. I'm a paralegal at a fairly large firm in Memphis. I love my job and it pays well. I like my coworkers and I don't really have any complaints. I'm struggling because two months into the pandemic, I decided to go natural. This is the first time in my adult life that I've worn my hair naturally, without any relaxer, weave, or wig. While I love my big curly hair, I'm not sure how it will be received by my coworkers and the partners at my firm. I have done a great job of taking care of my hair, and I receive a lot of compliments on my hair. But my firm has a strict grooming policy, and I'm not sure that my hair fits those grooming standards. The policy doesn't refer to any specific hairstyle, But it does say that your hair must be, quote unquote, well kept. Should I braid my hair or go back to wearing wigs and weaves? Or should I test the waters with my big curls? For reference, I have 3C slash 4A hair. What would you do? Please give me your advice.
0: Signed, Candace. She's thinking too much. You're thinking too much. You, You have natural hair. These people have already seen you on Zoom just make sure that you're wearing your hair appropriately. I mean, you can wear your hair up, you can wear it down, you can wear a twist out. Do you, girl, wear your hair however you feel most confident in, okay? It seems like, to me, you have the problem right now, not your job, okay? So let's not make this an issue until it becomes an issue because it doesn't sound like it's an issue. It just seems like, oh, I haven't had a relaxer and you know now I'm going natural and I don't really feel comfortable in this transition period. And yeah, they didn't say I can be natural, but they said I have to be have, have my hair neat and professional. I'm really not sure what that means because I'm not used to being natural yet. Girl, you got the problem, not them. So you need to figure out, play with some hairstyles, play with some products, pin it up to one side, twist it out, do whatever you want to do. You know, slick your edges down, whatever you want to do, wrap it up, put a headband on top. We don't care, but you need to be confident in what you have on. Make sure your clothes are pressed when you go back. Make sure your hair is clean. Make sure it's neat, but, you know, put some earrings on, you know, make sure you are coming out presentable, but it doesn't sound like anybody has said anything wrong about your appearance on Zoom, you're just afraid of what people are going to say in person. And you're right. People will say something about, oh, you went natural. Let me tell you something about touching people's Caucasian people like to touch black people hair. I don't know what it is. They like to touch it. Don't get offended by that. You have to know how you're going to react. Whether you're going to say, no, you know, please don't touch it. It'll frizz or, you know, say, you know, we have to, we have to do, we do have to play that game. Okay. We can't become the angry black woman because we're natural. Okay. You can tell people no nicely, but no, if you want them to touch your hair or not, tell them no. Okay. No. Oh no, girl. uh, uh-uh, it'll frizz, And then move on. Don't hark on it. Move on. But it just sounds like you're not too sure how you're going to feel. So go to work, see how you feel. I'm sure that, that it will not be that big of a deal. And then if you decide you don't like your natural hair, then you can switch it up, wear a protective style, go with something else. But uh, just make sure you're, you're neat and tamed. But uh, let's not make this into an issue because it, it doesn't seem like it is.
1: I agree with you, Nicole. It, I don't think this is an issue. And more specifically, the second to last line where she says, for reference, I have 3C4A hair. Now, let me be very clear with you. 3C, 4A hair is still wash and go hair, right? You can get in the shower, wash your hair. You can, you probably have to like zhuzh your curls up some, but you don't have to straighten your hair for it to be considered presentable to mainstream society. You're giving, 3C, 4A hair is giving like Zendaya style hair. Like it's curly, the curls will just flow Girl, you, what we consider back in the day, you got mixed people hair. So I know that you probably are concerned about what people are going to say, but people are going to comment when you change your hair in any way, shape, or form. If you decide to put a weave in your hair or wear a wig or put braids, people comment because they see something that's different. And it's just in people's nature to comment. And like Nicole said, they're just probably going to want to touch your hair to see how it feels. Like, just tell them no. I don't think that there's going to be a problem with your hair. You don't have kinky hair. If you're telling us that you have 3C4A hair, your texture is would be considered acceptable. And you could literally wash your hair, put some product in it, and go to work. I don't think that there's actually an issue here. But if you think there's an issue and there's something that we're missing, please be mindful that your state is not currently one of the states that's protected under the crown act. You also work for a law firm. So if you think that you could potentially lose your job over your natural hair, then yes, go with a protective style, go with something that you think is going to be more acceptable to this, these rules or this dress code or code of conduct that your job has. Right. I just feel like it's probably more in your head than it is about the actual hair rule itself. I think that if you have Three C four A hair and you just wash it regularly and do something to it and don't leave it just like wake up and go, I think you'll be fine to fit into this well kept standard that your your firm has.
0: That's just me. Holler at me when you got full C hair, okay? Holler back Holla back at me when you got, you know, some 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 real like, hey, I gotta work with this. Cause for me, when I wash my natural hair, it's like It's like an all-day affair. Like, I got to part it into sections, blow dry each section out individually, then I got to comb it out. Yeah, girl, you don't know nothing about that struggle, but I feel you. I understand. Anytime you have to switch it up from just the routine of of straight hair, I I get you. So, Janine,
1: what did you learn new this week? So, I learned that, and this actually came from Dove's research for the Crown Act, right? So, I learned that 53% of Black mothers whose daughters have experienced hair discrimination, say their daughters experienced the discrimination as early as five years old. And 87% of black girls um, experience discrimination by the age of 12. And 81% of girls who go to majority white schools say that sometimes they wish that their hair was straighter. I just want all of the young black girls to understand how powerful their hair is. So it was a little disheartening to hear those statistics, but I'm glad that the crown act is, is being passed so that we don't have to deal with those things and that level of discrimination with
0: our hair. What
1: did you learn new this week, Nicole?
0: So I learned that, um, one, there was a 2019 study that was conducted by the Joy Collective that said that Black women were 80% more likely to feel pressured to change their hairstyles in order to fit in at work. And then I also learned that SB 188 which is the Crown Act, was first passed at the state level in California just in nineteen and 2019, which is ridiculous to me. Like just yesterday.
1: Literally just yesterday.
0: All right, Janine, are you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. Jermaine B. said, people act like black girls are born with a little tube of relaxer and a note that says, my bad, God. Well, we aren't. Whether you want to rock your natural hair with a twist out, dreads or locks, or whether you want a relaxer or hair extensions, just do you. Embrace the beauty and versatility of being a Black woman and do so confidently. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay, and show off your melanated excellence. Bye! oh that's deep black women conversations is produced by nicole lee plenty and janine brunson johnson executive producer ken johnson get the oh that's deep black women conversation podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google podcast or where you get your podcast please subscribe and rate us You can follow Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh That's Deep BWC. Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect
1: your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement.